The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Good morning and welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shannon Burt. We are here live with you today. If you are watching us on our phone app or one of the social media outlets that we're on, Rumble, Truth Social, YouTube, Facebook, Uh, Twitter, Instagram. If you are there, interact with us so that we can grow organically and get in front of more people so that they can hear about how to be biblically responsible with their investments and be a good steward of all that the Lord has trusted them with. If you're listening on a Saturday or maybe at a time uh, later in the day on one of the non-live stations, then you can get us live by just going to the App Store, whether you're Apple or Android, and downloading our app, the FISM TV app, and you can catch us live. You can also go back and watch or listen to us later. So we hope that you will do that. Um, Just a quick reminder about our retreat. The Financial Issues Retreat is going to happen in April at the Billy Graham Training Center in North Carolina. It's a beautiful place. Registration is now open to everyone. So you can go to the website and register there if you want to reserve your spot. Um, The spots are limited, so just make sure that you get over there. Let's do an economic recap and uh, have to give you a little bit of a warning. There is a little bit of a rant in here somewhere. (laughs) Not too bad, though. Well, this week we had a second look at third quarter GDP. GDP measures the gross domestic output or the production of our economy. It was revised upward. Now, this is the third quarter, not the current quarter that we're in. So it was revised upward to 2.9% from 2.6% following two negative back-to-back quarters, which is the technical definition of a recession, for the first two quarters of this year. Now, technically, it takes two quarters of positive GDP growth to get out of a recession. So come January, we may find out that we had a, a brief technical recession, but the rest of the outcome we're going to talk about right now. Well, all eyes were on the Fed this week, at, just as they have been all year and since early in the year. Um, I warned that the markets were going to be volatile this year because we had entered into a new season, a new era of rate hikes, and we have seen them come fast and furious. Well, yesterday I saw a headline about Elon Musk, and he was calling for immediate Fed pivot, which means that he wants the Fed to start cutting rates. So that's a dramatic uh, 360. You know, going, we've, we've had a, a series of 75 basis point rate hikes for December. We were expecting at least a 50 or 75 point uh, hike, depending on uh, because of what the Fed has been saying as they've been speaking. But Elon Musk says that they need a reverse course and go the other way. Well, I hate to, to, to be the Grinch here at Christmas time, but Elon probably will not get his wish. However, um, Powell did speak 
and he is indicating a slower pace for the rate hikes. And that is good news, as most people have been um, expecting the Fed to overdo it and uh, hike rates for far too long and not have this soft landing in the economy that everyone has been talking about that we would like to see. Uh, I listened to not the whole speech, but parts of the speech, and uh, Powell spent a considerable time talking about inflation that comes from wage growth. So that's one of the things that the Fed has a mandate on is the employment market and price stability, which is a fancy word for inflation. So he mentioned that the labor supply shortfall is three and a half million workers, which we've been talking about for a long time here at Financial Issues. This goes back to, you know, a couple of years ago, when, uh, you know, when Dan was still at the helm, he, he talked about this quite a bit. So there's one, there's now 1.7 job openings per person looking for work that's out there in the labor markets. Now, that's better than the two to one ratio that we saw earlier this year. So that trend is improving, but it's still a problem. And, and Powell talked about why it's a problem, what's causing it, and kind of indicated that he doesn't really see that trend getting much better. So of the three and a half million people looking for work, um, or the three and a half million people that we need to be looking for work that are not looking for work, about one and a half million of those workers um, come from a slower growth in the working age population is what he said. And he said it was likely due to immigration and pandemic deaths. So Agree on part of that, and I think he missed the picture on on the rest of it. So I would agree that people are out of the workforce because of illnesses with COVID and um, dealing with the effects of long COVID. And I would add to that, he didn't say, but uh, some of the injuries that people have seen from the from the quote unquote vaccinations. So that's probably uh, a negligible amount of of that one point five million. The more interesting cause that I thought of, I thought about whenever he talked about it, was the slowed growth in the population. And Powell, of course, pins that on broken immigration, which I agree with that. Immigration is broken and it needs to be fixed. What Powell didn't say, he did not say this, I'm saying this, I see another contributing factor for slower growth in the labor force. Abortion has killed over 63 million would-be Americans since 1973. I'm grateful that Roe v. Wade has been overturned and the decision is back to the state, but that's not going to stop deaths by abortion. So with a population that would have been about 20% higher, don't you think that we would have those 3.5 million workers that we need right now if we hadn't murdered 63 million babies in the womb? We'd only need 5.6% of those 63 million who were murdered in the womb. So there you go, Stacey Abrams. Abortion, abortion isn't a solution for inflation, or and it is not necessitated by inflation because people would have to live harder lives if they, snu- if they didn't snuff out the financial burdens that were growing inside of them. Perhaps our nation is suffering the financial consequences for violating God's command not to murder and failing to recognize that human life has more value than the temporary comforts of this world. 
So he attributed to two million uh, to early retirements because the stock market has done so well and it's made people feel comfortable enough to exit the workforce. So no mention of the 1.6% drop in the employment ratio for 16 to 24-year-olds, which has been least affected by COVID um, and uh, both retirings and COVID. So, you know, we're really in this country fostering a culture of laziness. We're incenting people not to work with government handouts and attracting and letting all kind of immigrants who, not all, but, but some for sure, aren't going into the labor force to fill any jobs, but rather going right onto the government payrolls to live off of the tax revenue that they never have contributed to and probably never will. So Congress can fix this. They can fix um, legal immigration, and the president can enforce the laws on the books right now and prevent illegal immigration. Well, folks, I hope that you will go over to the AFA Um, foundation page and check out their charitable gift annuity because if you are in the market for some fixed income that is a great way to get some income for life the number is up there on the screen if you're just listening it's 1-800-326-4543 extension 345 so give them a call and find out what all that involves you'll be able to make a permanent gift to their foundation to promote kingdom work in, in, the, in this country, and you'll get a fixed income and a tax deduction. So you can't really beat that. Um, it's a great financial solution, and it's a great kingdom solution for your stewardship. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and and to to take take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus. Read his word daily and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union? instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at myccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. 
Your money building God's kingdom. Never be without quality, God-honoring entertainment. Always at your fingertips and within your view. In your home and on the go. You'll never be without FISM TV. Watch financial issues. Outspoken. FISM News and more God-honoring TV right where you are. Tune in to FISM TV anywhere, anytime. I would like to thank you very much for giving me the impetus to consolidate my portfolio into one advisor. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. Everything fell into place. (laughs) I felt so much peace and the consistent ethic. There is a certain contentment that everything will be fine. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, welcome or welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shana Burt. And tis the season, right? But now for some economic news. Tis the season to spend money. (laughs) Hopefully, it is not money that you don't have. A little bit of good economic news, according to a survey which tracks online sales, consumers spent a record $9.12 billion dollars online shopping during Black Friday this year. Typically, shoppers spend about $2 billion to $3 billion in one day. So that's more than three times, uh, three or four times what the normal spend is. Um, online, Overall online sales for Black Friday were up 2.3% year over year. And then I saw some data for, from some other providers that in-store sales and some other um, outlets that reported uh, we're reporting sales up over 12%. So seems like online and in-store sales have been pretty good so far this year. And Cyber Monday is expected to drive $11.2 billion in spending. So that's up 5.1% year over year, according to that same survey. Now, a little bit of bad news. The buy now, pay later payments increased by 78 percent compared with the past week. So unfortunately, it looks like people are spending money that they don't have, which could not be such a great thing going into maybe, uh, you know, a recession or times of uh, lower economic performance, whatever it is. It's uh, with inflation really high, people are really feeling the pinch and that may be causing them to put things on credit or the buy now, pay later. And you have to be really careful with those things because, you know, we don't we don't know for sure what's going to happen in this kind of economy. You don't know if you'll keep your job or, um, you know, get laid off. So I just encourage you to be really diligent in not overextending yourself because that's not really what it's about. You know, the most precious things that you can give this holiday season is your time, your attention, your love, your kind words, all of those things mean far more than anything that you can buy in the store. Let's get to some calls. We have Alan. Alan's calling from Texas. Well, good morning, Shanna. This is Alan, and I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. You t- I hope you did as well. 
Oh, yes, we have. Uh, my wife and I are in our 70s. We're retired. We have TRICARE for Life and Medicare. And I know Dan in the past said that that's all you have to really have. The Medicare Advantage has really no advantage or there may be <laughs> some disadvantages. Do you have any insights into that, please? Yeah, so um, we recommend a health sharing ministry called Samaritans. And when you get on Medicare, if you want to do a, uh, instead of an insurance supplement, if you want to use health sharing in place of your supplement, then uh, the advice was to take just the original Medicare without the insurance supplement and use the, the health sharing ministry. Okay. Okay. And I appreciate it, ma'am. You have a blessed day. All right. You too. So, folks, if you want to know more about how that works, you can give the people at Samaritan Ministries a call, and they'll be happy to answer all of your questions. I know that, you know, every time I pass by Walgreens or CVS or go inside, the lines for the pharmacy is just so long because, you know, Big Pharma has got most of uh, America on at least one prescription. (laughs) And um, so we get concerned when we think about getting off traditional insurance, about pre-existing conditions and things like that. But um, And it is something to check out, but I encourage you to call Samaritan's Ministry. Their number is up on the screen, and if you're not watching, it's 877-764-764. 2426, and they can answer all your questions about how health sharing works and about pre existing conditions and everything uh, related. So let's get to some more website questions. It's good stuff, Shannon. I'll just add a final thought to that as well. It's so good that you mentioned that about Samaritan and, you know, seeing the lines at Walgreens and places like that. It's a reminder that so many people are using medicine like as like you know like they're putting all their trust in medicine when you know god created medicine for us to be able to help us when when we're sick but not to fully rely on it we're supposed to fully rely on him so it's just a good reminder that is a good reminder so hard to do though yeah yeah absolutely is uh we've got uh gilbert here saying good morning can you please let us know what you think about oil stocks shanna i'm up over 100 percent, and i want to know if you think oil will keep going down and should we sell them Mm, so I really hate making short-term predictions, but there's a lot of things going on in December that could put upward pressure on oil prices. So we've seen them drop. If Biden was smart, he would have um, taken an opportunity when oil dropped into the $70 range to put back some of the oil that he's taken out out of the SPR. Um, at some point, that's going to have to happen. That's going to that's going to create demand, which pushes prices higher. At some point, China will come out of lockdown. That's going to put, I'm not saying that's going to happen in December, but that's going to put upward pressure on oil prices. Uh, just in a few days, the EU sanctions are supposed to go on Russian oil and gas. That is going to push up prices, price caps on Russian oil. Um, the end of the draining of the SPR, uh, strategic, um, yeah, strategic Petroleum Reserve, is supposed to come to an end in December. Um, if we have a railroad strike, that's going to mean more burden on the trucking industry who uses diesel which we're having a shortage of. So there's a lot of issues that are happening that I think can push oil higher. And even OPEC is meeting on Sunday. And if they cut production even more, that's going to put even more 
more uh, price pressure. So even in spite of oil prices dropping, the energy stocks have held up well. So I think there's we're, we're not getting away from fossil fuels anytime soon. I mean, if you take a look at, it's not just putting gas in our cars. I mean, it's everything. You, you just don't even realize how much of even the green industry is dependent on fossil fuels. You know, where do you think that the energy comes from when you, whenever you flip the switch on in your house? It doesn't mostly come from windmills and solar panels. It comes from energy uh, utility companies that are running off of, a lot of them, natural gas. You know, when you when you even look at the products, the solar panels, just about every component of a solar panel uses some derivative or some kind of product from fossil fuels. The uh, the windmills, uh, the wind turbines, they are greased up and oiled up. I mean, there's it's just ridiculous to think that we're going to get away from that. So there's going to be demand there. And then you have, you know, third world countries all over the United States that could give a flip about green energy. All they care about is getting out of poverty and, you know, operating an economy. They don't really care about the earth and how they refine things and and how they get those fossil fuels out of the ground. So um, I think energy stocks are have a, have a bright future. Awesome, Shanna. Good stuff. Uh, we got John here. He has an IRA question. He does not say his age, but he says, if you have $20,000 in an IRA and in a 30% tax bracket and withdraw the total, would taxes be about 6000 If I've given 6000 out of the IRA directly to qualified nonprofit organizations, is my tax obligation satisfied for the remaining 14000 What do you think, Shanna? All right. So what John is talking about here is called a qualified charitable distribution. We talk about that quite a bit here here at the ministry. So the first requirement, just in case you're listening, I'm sure John already knows this, is that you have to be 70 and a half to be able to qualify for this qualified charitable distribution. So once you reach the age of 70 and a half, you can make a distribution from your IRA directly to, and that is the other key, directly to a ministry or nonprofit organization, and the money will come out tax-free. So if you have 20000 in an IRA, and it, it looks like here he gave 6000 directly, so the money that you give through a QCD comes out tax-free. Now, you have to indicate that on your tax return. There's a place that you can that you can do that there on your tax return. If you did it, you also need to make sure that you tell your tax professional. Most of the time, you'll get a letter from your brokerage um, saying that when the distribution went out, where it went to, and the amount of it. You need to turn that in to whoever does your taxes because your 1099 is going to report every amount distributed from your IRA, which you want to happen because... Um, if you're 70 and a half or 72 now, uh, if you have a required minimum distribution, you want the government to know that you took out the right amount because there's a 50% penalty on anything that you didn't take out that you were supposed to take out. So if that's all that is distributed, if that the rest of that $20,000 stays in the IRA, then there's no tax liability. But if you distributed the rest of that $20,000, that would make it about $14,000, then um, you would pay the, if you're in the 30% tax bracket, you would pay 30% on the $14,000, nothing on the amount that was given as a qualified charitable distribution. 
Awesome, Shannon. We do have time for another question, so it's good. Uh, Jack is saying, I have the cash portion of my portfolio, $40,000 invested in CDs at a local credit union. I'm thinking of closing my current CDs, which currently pay 0.7 and 1% respectively, and open up new CDs, which pay 3.4%. There will be a three-month penalty for closing my current CDs prematurely. Would I be better off waiting to see if the Fed raises rates again? And do you have any other suggestions for cash? I'm 66 years old. Another cash question here, Shanna. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how long that you've had them. It would it would probably be a good idea to consider this, uh, depending on, I don't know, if the majority of it is in the 0.7 versus the 0.1, or versus the 1%. I would do I would probably do the lower rated one for sure because you'll be able to make up that difference in a short period of time going into the higher rate. I've even seen some higher uh than 3.4% in um through some of the discount well the the brokered CDs whether you do a discount brokerage or use a advisor, you know, if you if you look at the brokered CDs, you can shop from all over the country and find the best rates, and you can hold all of your CDs in one place and still have them FDIC insured as long as they're in diff- as they're issued by different issuers. Um, the other alternatives, there are no really other alternatives to cash. Now, if it's money that you want to earn more, but you don't mind giving up a little bit of the stability, you could look at one of the inflation protected funds or the Ginny May funds. Those are going to um, you know, pay a little bit more, but I would probably stick to the CDs. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with more financial issues. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Securities offered through GA Repel and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. Hope you paid attention to that disclaimer because we're going to get right to some questions. Let's take a call from Larry. Larry's calling us from Arkansas. 
Uh, good morning, Miss Shanna. I was good morning. A, I was a big fan of uh, Dan Sevia in years past. And, uh, Me too. Of course, everyone, I, I, I also miss him. And uh, I hope the Lord bestows upon you a double share of his spirit. Oh, um, thank you, Larry. I, I'm a new partner, and I should have, uh, you know, become one many years back. But um, uh, I'm in a dilemma right now because I was operating off of some things I remember Dan saying, like opening up brokerage. And he had said at one time, Charles Schwab was a good one to, you know, choose. And I've done that. But I find when I'm trying to, uh, you know, follow the guidelines and portfolio recommendations, I cannot uh, get any of the Timothy plan um, stocks. And uh, there's, there's a message that comes up when I try to purchase them. And it says that unless you already own some of those stocks, they're not permitting any more purchases. So my dilemma is, uh, in a nutshell, is that is a big portion of the plan. So I've got a lot of unused um, money that needs to find a home. And I'm wondering, do you have any recommendation on how I can invest in the Timothy plan through a 401k rollover? Yeah, so unfortunately, Schwab is uh, pretty liberal in their views. And so the brokerage platform that you use gets to decide what you can purchase on their platform. So one of two things, if you like the Schwab platform, you could take a portion, uh, the portion that needs to go into the Timothy funds, and you can contact Timothy directly and just do a custodian transfer of that portion of funds to the Timothy plan so you can hold them directly there. Now, the way that the thing that's going to make that easy to facilitate is if you use the portfolio tracker. So when you use the portfolio tracker, you should put all of your different accounts on the same tracker. So even though they're held at different places, you can do that. And uh, you can contact Timothy directly. They can set up an IRA for you and even help you process the transfer paperwork to get that portion. So you just, you don't request the whole account. You just request a portion. So, you know, let's say $10,000 represents the amount that needs to go into those Timothy funds. Well, then you can just open the account at Timothy and uh, have them request just that $10,000. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is to um, start researching different uh, discount brokerages. You know, you can look at interactive. I don't know the details on any of these, so you would have to call and ask them. But, you know, there's Vanguard brokerage, there's Fidelity brokerage, there's interactive brokers, um, and a handful of others. I'm not, not really sure. So if this is not really an endorsement for those platforms, but just to, just to prompt you to research whether or not they would allow you to hold it. So it is much more convenient to be able to do all of your investing in one account, especially as you approach that age of RMDs, which is now 72, unless you had already started, because, you know, you'll have to calculate the RMDs on the two different accounts, and you just, you know, you have to make sure that you get all that done. But, um, you know, I think it's a small inconvenience to truly be biblically responsible. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your advice. I'm going to follow it. Great. All right, Larry, thanks for calling, and thanks for becoming a partner. We appreciate it. All right, let's get to Sharon. Sharon is calling us from Texas. Hi, hi, Shanna. It was fun to listen to Larry. Um, 
I have a question about a revocable living trust. I've been looking at interest rates on savings accounts online, and the higher payers, once I've checked out, won't let you open the account in the name of a trust. They say that you make the trust the beneficiary, which doesn't work because if you have so much money outside the trust, that automatically voids the trust is my understanding. So it made me start to wonder, is there any reason that I could even keep a revocable living trust? When I established it, I thought I was going to be filthy rich because of the penny stock, but that was before Dan. (laughs) Don't think that way anymore. And I'm just wondering if I should just dissolve the, the trust and be done with it. And if I did do that, do I have to have a lawyer do that or can I do it? Okay, so my disclaimer is I'm not an attorney, so I'm not trying to give legal advice. I would certainly have that reviewed with an estate attorney to see um, how that applies to all of your situation. But in general, the benefits of having a revocable living trust is that you don't have to go through the probate process. So um, if you if you have a will or if you don't have a will and you don't have a trust, you don't have anything, let's just say, you have to go through the probate process so that your assets can be uh, retitled and distributed to the rightful new owners. So a revocable, revocable living trust is, is kind of a perpetual entity. So it just, it makes succession easy. So just like if you have a, an IRA or even if you have a brokerage account that has a transfer on death or payable on death designation, those things kind of bypass the uh, probate process. They're easy to to transfer. So for example, if you have a, a TOD or an IRA and you go home to be with the Lord, well, your beneficiaries are going to contact the custodian. All the custodian's really going to need is their information to open a new account for them and proof of your death, so the death certificate. And they already have the legal designations on file. Those assets will transfer very easily. And that's the same thing that happens with a revocable living trust is you appoint a successor trustee and then, um, you know, they kind of step in and there's really no hold up. Uh, the probate process um, does cost because you have court cost and you may have attorney cost and, you know, some things like that. And there could be a delay in getting those assets transferred to the rightful heirs. Uh, for example, when COVID happened, a lot of the courts shut down or went to um, you know, they were closed for a long time. They ended up with a backlog of cases, and that delayed a lot of estates from being settled in a timely manner. The other real advantage there is that the uh, the trust process, having a, a revocable living trust, keeps the um, the heirs and the, the distribution of assets private, whereas when you probate a will, that becomes public record. So if those two things are important to you, then you may want to consider keeping and revising your revocable living trust. And um, I think there are a lot of situations where it can work just to name the trust as the beneficiary, but... I don't know where you're looking to open the accounts, but I know like on our platform, on a lot of other, you know, discount brokerage platforms that, you know, we open 
accounts in the name of trust all the time. You just have to, you know, have the, the proper documents. So um, maybe just keep looking if that's important to you. And if not, you know, a lot of times people will spend a lot of money getting a, a trust created, but if they don't go through the steps in the process of retitling their assets and or they don't have a good pour over will provision in them, then they can just really kind of negate the whole plan that they that they just set up. So it's important to, to follow those instructions uh, and make sure that you have things set up in the right way. Okay. All right. Well, I do I do want to change the trustees that I named back then, but um, I, I obviously need a lawyer to do that. Okay. Well, I think I'll keep the trust and just go with a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have an account with. Thank you so much. All right, Sharon. Thanks for calling. We appreciate your support, your partnership, and and your questions and encouragement. Well, I appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Seth, I know we've got lots of interaction on social today, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, we sure do, Shanna, yep. Uh, Probably be good for us to knock out some of these website questions here. A couple here I wanted to address, actually you wanted to address as well, we thought it'd be a good idea, Shanna, specifically about the fixed income sector. So the first one is Art. He's saying, I have... uh, I believe it's sixty thousand. It says sixty G, but I believe it's sixty K. Sixty thousand in an IRA mutual fund. What's the best way to move it out with the least amount of tax burden? And should I put it in dividend funds? He's sixty nine. Okay, so I would say that it is. Uh, it really depends on what your goal is. So, and it depends on what your strategy is for investments. The best way to move it out is you're you're going to, want to do a little bit of tax planning. So, hopefully you have a good understanding of your tax situation and or you have a good resource, a good tax resource that can help you with that. So, if you're in the 12% tax bracket, to me, it's almost a no-brainer to move some money out because I think taxes are going to be higher in the future than what they are today. And the way that you win in a qualified account is to get the money out at the lowest tax rate. Um, you know, once you turn 70 and a half, you can start doing all of your giving from that IRA. So if that's $60,000, let's just say that, that you're a tither and a giver. If what you have planned to give for the rest of your life is, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood of 60 and or you plan on passing on some of those assets to the kingdom when you go home to be with the Lord, then you may not want to move money out at all. Um, because you can't beat zero percent, and when you when you do giving with your IRA once you're seventy and a half, you get that money out at zero percent taxes. So if that's not the case, then you do want to consider looking at what you can get out at the twelve percent bracket. So you're going to have to add up all of your taxable income. You're going to have to know what your deductions are, whether you use the standard or itemize, and where that's going to put you in the tax brackets. And then it just depends on your strategy. So if you need income, you might want to do income stocks. If you need growth, you want to look for growth. So I'm your host, Shanna Burt. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more financial issues. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. 
Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? Listen, we have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life. Would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion? I hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250 the keyword is baby when you're asked. Preborn.org. That's preborn.org. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these five million children the opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors additionally all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program Well, good morning and welcome or welcome back to Financial Issues as we hit the home stretch of the program today. Uh, a little bit of good news in the mortgage market. The 30-year mortgage has ticked down for three weeks in a row now, and it sits at 6.49%. So after topping 7%, over 100% higher than where it was a year ago, it has put severe pressure on the market. You know, we've there, I'm seeing stories of real estate agents having to get out and, you know, really just beat the street and knock the doors and try to get some listings. It's got everyone just locked up where they are. Nobody wants to trade in their golden handcuffs, their, you know, two and a half or three and a half percent mortgage for a six and a half or seven percent mortgage if they uh, move. So that's got the real estate market really um, 
shut down almost completely at this point. Even though there's still, you know, reasons that people want to buy homes. We've seen millennials start to come out of their parents' basements and and get the desire to fulfill the American dream of home ownership, and they're they're getting into the market. We have a shortage of homes, so it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. So. Some tax tips for a year end. So if you are a giver, and we hope that you are, we hope that you follow the advice that we uh, talk about all the time here at Financial Issues and that you're not only giving your 10%, hopefully to your local church, but you're doing, you're giving offerings over and above what the Lord requires of you. So if you do that, you know, since the standard deduction has been so high since the Trump era tax cuts came in in uh, 2018, most people don't itemize anymore. But, you know, if you're if you're giving, say, 10 percent and you're making the hundred thousand dollars a year, that's ten thousand dollars. Then you get to add your property taxes, your mortgage interest, if you have any medical expenses, and then there's a handful of maybe other things that you could qualify for. But for most people, uh, you don't reach. It's not more than what the standard deduction is. But if you're close, what you can do is you can bunch up your gifts. So if you give for, if you've given for 2022 already and you have extra cash and before year end, you want to make your full year's gift for next year, you can do it at the end of the year. Those two, two years gifts combined might put you over that standard deduction, and then next year you could just uh, claim the standard deduction. So it, it maximizes a little bit. Everything that you get to deduct from your income, you pay taxes at 0% on. So you just can't beat 0%. So you could uh, consider doing that if you're a giver. If you are uh, have some year-end giving left to do, you're needing to rebalance your portfolio because we just put out the new asset allocation models, and perhaps that you have some uh, positions that are appreciated in price, yes, even though the market is down. Um, you can, if it's in a taxable account and you've held it le- longer than a year, you can consider gifting those appreciated shares that um, get you where you need to be. If it's a, if you're just going biblically responsible because you've you've just come across our ministry and your heart's been convicted, then you can gift uh, instead of giving cash, you can gift away some of your shares that that you may have held for a very long time that would have otherwise cost you capital gains tax if you sell them, and then just just replenish those positions with the cash that you would have given instead. So you'll avoid that capital gains tax if you do that giving. It's very easy to do. You just contact the ministry or the organization, nonprofit organization that you want to give to, and you ask them if they accept gifts of stock, and they will usually give you um, a DTC and a routing number, an account number, for you just to send those gifts over. It's super easy to do. You can also use the strategy of a qualified charitable distribution if you're 70 and a half And you have an IRA and you do your giving directly there. We talk about that all the time, so I won't go into that again. You could consider a charitable gift annuity. So if you're income-minded, you need some extra income, you have some money that you want to give to ministry, then you could go somewhere like the AFA Foundation. You can give them a call. I think we've got their number up on the screen down there. Um, and Or you can go to their website and find out how that works. You'll get a permanent income for your life if you're married, your life and your spouse's life. 
and you'll get a tax deduction that comes along with that. Um, more complicated planned giving strategies. If you uh, want to kind of front load, we talked about bunching. This is a super bunching kind of strategy, but there's something called a commitment giving trust where you can fund a trust um, that does all of your giving for, let's say, the next 5, 10, 15, or 20 years. Uh, the You have to deposit money into that account. You get the present value of that gift now, so it can be quite a large tax deduction. It funds your giving for the years that you've selected, and then at the end of that time period, you get your your principal returned to you. So it's a way to not necessarily do a permanent gift. All of these things, you should definitely talk with a tax professional to see if they would work for you. Uh, You also want to make sure that you don't underpay your taxes. You can go to the IRS website, and there's a calculator there, because if you underpay your taxes, you could get a penalty. So nobody wants to pay any more tax than they have to, and certainly not a penalty. You also have to be aware this year that the the law has changed in what online uh, e-payment platforms have to report. So now they have to report payments as low as $600, whereas it used to be $20,000 before the law changed. So these organizations are going to be forced to report the income that you've gotten on their platform. And if you don't report, if your reporting doesn't match their reporting, then you could be subject to an audit by one of those 87,000 new IRS agents. Um, there's more to talk about there, and I'll save it. We have a call from Diane in Texas. Hi, Diane. Good morning. Good morning. We are trying to save money for five grandkids college and wanting to put it in Timothy funds, um, not the mutual funds, but the EFTs. And I wondered what you would recommend. The oldest of the grandkids is eight. The oldest is eight? Yes. Okay. So I would recommend setting up an account in your own name and set it up as a transfer on death or a uh, payable on death, whatever your brokerage calls it. Uh, and you can, if you want this money set aside for the green kids, this is a way you don't have to change your will or do anything because it's going to pass by beneficiary designation. So you could list all of the grandkids on there if, if you want it to be split equally. Uh, then the, the investment that I would look at in there is, uh, if you're a partner, I would go to the, the partner website and look at the youngest age model there for the Timothy, if you want to use that. Um, if you don't want to use the funds, then you could just focus on the first four ETFs on the list, ETF 1, 2, 3, and 4. And you could start with an aggressive allocation as long as um, that matches your risk tolerance. You don't want to do anything that's going to create more volatility than what you can handle. So, you know, if you if you think that you would be motivated at some point to get out, if you saw a, a big drop, then you want to be more conservative because at the end of the day, you want to have an investment plan that you can live with because the only way to get that average return, you always hear average returns talked about, the only way to get that is to get in and stay in for the length of time. So you could... Um, if you, if you didn't want to use the funds, then you could just use those first four ETFs there, one, two, three, and four. I would probably do uh, 
you know, maybe 15% in ETF 4, 10% in ETF 3, um, 40% in ETF 1, and then the rest in ETF 2, whatever that totals. So I hope hope you got all that. Um, Thanks for calling. We appreciate your support and your partnership. And if I talk too fast or you didn't get that, you can always go back to the podcast. You can get that um, on the phone app. We have all of the programs uh, archived there. If you want to watch them or listen later, you can go back and get all of those. Just make a note of what time it was right now. We're at the very end of the program, so you can go back and listen. And if you do podcast on Spotify or Apple, we're also there as well. So. We thank you for your support. Thank you. Thanks for calling. All right, I wanted to get to some of that social and website stuff, but let's let's see what we can get to right here before the show. Sounds good, Yeah, we'll do a quick rapid fire here. Gene saying good morning, FI some family. Thanks for updating the asset allocation models on the partner side. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you, Gene. You're welcome. Lisa is saying rant up, girl, to your rant from earlier, (laughs) Shanna. I agree with that. Same with our Uncle John. He's saying do it Dan style. Love that, Uncle John. Thank you. Got another one here. This is Dale. He's saying, I've been using an investment counselor. He's on Facebook, by the way. Can I join financial issues at a level that will enable me to manage my own retirement and still save the 1% annual fee from this counselor? Um, You should. I mean, it's going to involve you moving on to a discount brokerage platform. And you'll be able to look at the asset allocation models uh, for your age group. We have a buy list that is uh, being worked on very diligently right now. So we have uh, a lot of stocks that we're right on the verge of putting onto the buy list. Um, So I would just encourage you to become a partner, start watching the videos, and you'll be able to see before you actually try it whether it's something manageable that you can do. Linda's saying, good morning, everyone. Thank you from Vasilla, California. And Brian from Missouri said, made a point to give to India Partners uh, and the Food and Hungry yesterday. Thank you, brother. That is awesome. That is great. Thank you for being a good steward. And I hope that you did all of your giving and that you made a point to budget that before all of your Christmas spending. So we always want to honor the Lord in everything that we do. It is a conviction of the heart that we want to honor God by not investing in things that violate our values and by funding the kingdom of light, because there is a battle going on for our dollars. And we have to remember everything belongs to the Lord. He's coming back. Time is getting short. There's going to be a test. Let's be found good and faithful stewards. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.